by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. One of my best Thanksgiving was when my children were little. I guess my daughter Kaylee was probably about 10 or 11 years old at the time, and my son was five or six, and I had three or four days off from work at the time, and, and I thought, let's do something that the kids will remember. So I decided to have a Sheffield family treasure hunt. And so I got on the computer, and I, I typed up in the old English font, you know, Sheffield treasure map. And then I put some map on there with some X, or made it look old, and I crumpled it up, you know, made it look like it'd been around for a while, burned the edges like it'd been through a fire and through a shipwreck or something, you know, and I left it somewhere that my kids would find it. And it wasn't long, my little daughter ran in there, Kaylee, she said, Daddy, Daddy, look what I found, it's a treasure map. I said, it is? Well, we better go find the treasure. And so the, on, the, on the treasure map, it had an X, and I said, that looks like, that looks like under the couch. And so they ran to the couch and they threw the cushions off and there was another note. And this went on for some three days, you know. They would find the next note and it'd give them a clue to a, you know, some yard art out in the backyard. It'd be a clue or something. And they'd do it for about an hour and a half that day. And they'd say, okay, Daddy, we're going to go back and play our video game, whatever they were doing, you know. Next day they'd say, let's find the treasure. So this kept going. About the third day, my daughter's like, I really want to find the treasure today, Daddy. And I realized it was about time to bring it to a close, you know. So I said, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the last clue is, is back behind the shed. And they ran back here. And they were so excited. Slobber was hanging out Josh's mouth. <laughs> he was just excited. And there was two shovels back there. And they just started to dig where I'd painted an X on the ground. They started digging. And I didn't put it too deep, but pretty soon they heard a clank, clank, clank. And they reached down in there and started clawing. And Kaylee pulled out this little treasure box. And she couldn't wait. She flipped open that lid. And she looked down in it. And it, it, it was a Gideon's little New Testament inside there. <laughs> now, you got to understand, I got saved, saved. And I was a young Christian. And I was, that's all I could think about was teaching my kids about Jesus. But my daughter, on the other hand, and my son, who had been looking for three days for a treasure weren't so excited about this little Gideon's New Testament. And I saw the look in my daughter's eyes, and she, she realized how I've been, you know. So I kicked the shovel out the way because I didn't want her to hit me on the head with it, you know. She said, Daddy. I said, hold on now, hold on. I said, look in the Bible. I dog-eared a page. I want you to read a verse to me. She's like, oh, here he goes again. So she looked, and she opened the page, and it went to Colossians chapter 2. And in Colossians chapter 2, it was highlighted. And in verses 2 and 3, she read this. She said, I want them. No, she, that's how she read it, but this is what she read. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. And I said, see, daughter, that's, what I, that's why we're doing this, so that we can enjoy Thanksgiving together. We can be knit together. And enjoy strong ties of love. 
She's like, "Uh uh-huh. I said, well, read on. She said, I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. And I said, see, hadn't all this been a mystery worth digging for? And she's like, you better be something else. (laughs) I said, read on. She said, in him lie all the hidden treasure of wisdom and knowledge. I said, Kaylee, you have found the treasure. And she said, Daddy, this better not be all. <laughs> and I said, I, I kind of figured that you wouldn't understand yet. But run around to the front of the house. I think there's a bigger treasure box. And boom, they took off. They were gone. And by the time I got around, they had already dug them out of the leaves, and there was a bigger treasure box. They popped open the lid. Man, there was all kind of trinkets and toys and matchbox cars, and there was little gold uh, coins in there. It was chocolate on the inside and beads and just all kind of stuff. And they were celebrating, and they were so happy they had found the treasure. And isn't that like us? When we're young, We're after the trinkets of this world. We think that's the true treasure. But I still, I still believe that that little smaller box was where the true treasure laid. You see, the Word of God reveals Christ. In fact, the Bible says the Word of God is Christ. Jesus is the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. And in him lie hidden all the mysteries. In him lie hidden the treasures and the wisdom and the knowledge that we need to to not only be saved, but to prosper and to be in health even as our souls can prosper. I'm telling you, that's where the true treasure was the whole time. In this book that we call the Bible, the Word of God, This is the thoughts and intents of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you look at this book, you see a love letter written personally to you from your Lord and from your Savior. We see His character. It reveals His thoughts towards you. And it it contains a whole bunch of promises that are yes and amen if you will believe. A whole bunch of promises that he wants you to grab hold of. You know, he doesn't want you beat down. He doesn't want you sick and beggarly. He doesn't want you barely making it through life. He wants you to discover him and see his heart for you. And by faith, take hold of the promises in this word. Can I get an amen from somebody? This word is the foundation from which our faith must be tethered. This is what we put our hope into. This is where we place our trust in the Word of God. This beautiful, beautiful, holy book, spiritual book. It speaks to our spirits, to those of us who are saved. And we've been talking about faith. Last week, you remember we talked about the things that we love about our church and how we were going to start speaking positively about that and stop speaking the negative. And we said, what else are we going to do? God revealed to us. We need to work on our faith. 
We need to work on believing that he really can bring these banners to pass, that he really can do something special with our church. And so I thought, well, I think the Lord thought that we should start learning a little bit more about our faith and what we believe and what we should believe. Romans 10, 17 tells us where we get faith. It says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you, you didn't even have any faith on your own. God gave you the measure of faith, and you, you grow that faith by reading and meditating on this word. Last week we talked about Peter walking on the water, remember? And I think it was Reinhard Bonnke, if I'm not mistaken, he's a famous evangelist, that said that Peter didn't walk on the water. Peter walked on the word of God. When Jesus said, come, that's what enabled Peter to transcend the natural laws of science. He wasn't walking merely on water. He was walking on the word of God. And that word was come. And I would say to you, each one of you here today, big and small, tall and short, old and young, and all in between, God is saying, come, my dear brother, sister, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, come, and I will give you rest. Come to me and learn who you are. Come to me and learn all the promises that are in Christ. I guess y'all know all this. I don't know. Romans 1 verse 17 says, This good news. This good news tells us how God makes us right in His sight. So this is how we got saved, isn't it? This told us how to be right with God. This is accomplished from start to finish by what? Faith. You aren't sitting here adopted into God's family all holy and beautiful and smart as you are just because you cleaned up like that. You, you presented yourself a, to, to Jesus. No, he presented himself to you. And he gave you the measure of faith to even believe in him. It was by faith that you're saved. It was by grace through faith. It was a gift of God. He gave it to us. And it's not of works lest any man should boast. We stand before God holy and able to lift up holy hands because of the blood of Jesus and our faith in him. And what he did on that cross for us. And how he loves us. And we, man, we overcome the, the oppression, the depression, all of the things that the devil, the fiery darts of the wicked by this shield of faith that we hold up and say, no, my God said no more of you. My God overcame you. I'm more than a conqueror in him who loved me. And we begin to steal our hearts as we build our life on a foundation that shall not be shaken. When we look around the world and everybody's house is being battered by the wind and the waves and carried away, we're standing and we stand still. And we will continue to stand, having done all to stand by faith. All we did was believe that Jesus can, that Jesus did, and that Jesus will. You're saved by faith, and you overcome by faith. 
in this word and what God wants for you. I'm telling you, it's good, good news. This good news tells us how we were made right in his sight. And this is accomplished from start to finish. And every place in between by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. I sure like life a lot better than I like death. I'm telling you, I experienced like 32 years of death. Separation from God, that's what death is. And I like life so much better. Mm, I like life and life more abundantly. In fact, I want to get me a little bit more life every day. I want to get closer every day to my Savior, my life source. And in the King James, in that last part of Romans 1.17, it says, says it like this. The just shall live by faith. In fact, it says the just shall live by faith also in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11. It says it again in Hebrews 10, 38. It even says it in the Old Testament in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4. Even in the Old Testament, God was telling us, the just shall live by faith. Isn't that beautiful? So we need to know what faith is. We need to know what, how do I get it, what do I do with it, where do I find it. Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It gives real substance to something that you can't touch or feel. Something that may not be here yet. You've put your faith out there, it ain't here yet, but it's as good as yours because by faith you have received it. Amen. It's the evidence. I know my God and I know he don't lie and I know he sent his word. And his word don't come back void. And if it's his promise and I believed it and I received it, I got it now whether it's here in the natural or not. Corey Ten Boom says, faith is like a radar that sees through the fog. She said it's the reality of things at a distance that the human eye cannot see. See, we don't walk by our human sight. We walk by faith. We can see through the fog. We believe, although we can't see it, we know it's ours by faith. Faith brings things out of the spirit realm into the natural. Oh, there's a treasure laid up for you, for each one of you, precious promises. There's a treasure laid up, and you dig by faith. You dig by faith. You bring it out of the spiritual realm into your natural realm by faith, by believing. Jesus was always given assessments of people's faith. He'd be talking to somebody and he would just, first thing he'd notice is, oh, ye have little faith. How is it that you have no faith? Jesus would judge people's Ability to believe him. And in two times in the, Testament, in the New Testament, he says that people had great faith. One time, you remember the Roman centurion that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, my young servant is paralyzed. He's lying on the deathbed. Would you heal him? And Jesus said, well, before that, they told him that the Roman centurion, he was a godly man. He was a good man. And that he, took care, he was nice to the Jews. 
So he was living a good life. So Jesus said, yeah, let's, let's go. And the Roman centurion says, no, Jesus, uh, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. You know, back then, the Jews and everybody else was Gentiles, right? And the Jews didn't go into the house of the Gentiles. They would be defiled, you know. So this Roman, though the Romans were more powerful than the Jews, they were in charge. He could have said, I don't believe all that stuff. You get to my house right now. He could have got soldiers to take Jesus there. But in his humility, this man said, I'm not worthy. I understand your regulations. I'm not worthy for you to come into my house. But Jesus, only say the word. Only say the word, and he shall be healed. Now I can imagine Jesus saying, wow. He said, Jesus, because I'm a man under authority, and I'm a man with authority, and I understand how authority works. You know, when somebody tells me to do something, I do it. And when I tell somebody under me to do something, they do it. So, you know, just say the word, and it shall be done. And Jesus said, I have not seen such great faith in all of Israel. This man understands. That it's not that if I make mud and put it on them, or if I spit on them, or if I touch them, or... Or if my shadow passes by, it's not in the formula. It's in the word. Only say the word. It's not in time, distance, space. I don't, you don't have to be there, Jesus. Just say the word and it shall be done. I know you're a man under authority. I know you have all authority. And, and if you say it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And Jesus said, that, my friends, is good faith. That is great faith. In Matthew 8, 13, Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And it says, and his servant was healed that same hour. He said, as you have believed. Now, what if the Roman centurion would have said, well, since he ain't going to be there, I, don't, I know he's not. He might make him live, but he'll still be paralyzed. And if he could believe for that much, you, you think that might have been what he got? Do you think, as you believed, let it be done for you? What can you believe for? See, that's why your faith is so important. That's why we so important that we build up our faith so that we can receive the fullness of God's promises. Some of us can't believe, some of us can believe that God can take my pain away, but that he can't heal me. We believe that he can help me make my bills, but I'll never be prosperous. Some of us believe a little faith, have a little faith. But God wants you to believe at his word, all things are possible to him that believeth. Amen? His servant was healed at that same hour. If you were to be honest, God forbid we did that in the church. <laughs> if, you would, if, we would, if I would take my mask down, I always take my mask down. Would you take yours down sometimes? If we would be honest with one another, where does your faith lie? If you were to do an assessment of your faith, 
is most of this stuff that I'm preaching right now, I've heard all that before and it's not working in my life, so I don't believe it. Maybe you got a head knowledge about what faith is, but have you ever used your faith? Have you ever developed your faith? Have you ever seen God act on your faith? Have you ever truly believed that these promises are for you? Do you have just head knowledge about faith, or do you have a heart knowledge about the giver of faith? Do you have a heart knowledge about the character of Jesus Christ? And he's not a man that he should lie. Do you trust him? How much faith do you have? Romans 12, 3 says, For I say through the grace given to me that everyone, to everyone who is among you, not to think more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. God has given you the measure of faith like he's given you muscles. He said, just a little faith will move a mountain. Listen. Yeah, how much faith does it take to, to, to walk on the water? Just respond to him saying, come. Just a, a little seed like a mustard seed would move a mountain jesus said if you just had a little faith just use the faith you have you see as you use your faith it grows stronger just as if i use my muscles they grow stronger faith you have to start where you're at now if some of us said well you need to go to the gym you know oh i ain't been to the gym i can't even hardly walk from here to the mailbox you know I had to get somebody to bring, bring me to the mail from the mailbox. I'm so out of shape. But I promise you, if you would do what you could that first day, then you'd do it again that next day, do a little bit more, keep doing a little bit more, your muscles get stronger day by day, you can turn it around. Before you know it, you'd be strong. And that's the way faith works. Okay, so you can't believe God for a miracle right now. But believe God for something. Believe God for something. And work with that. And as you see Him work and be faithful and true to you and to His Word, then it will encourage you next time. Start where you're at. Start putting a little faith. Put a little weight on the Word of God, okay? Will you? Let's put a little weight on the Word of God so that we can grow strong. Luke 17, 5, the apostles said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. Is that you? Would you say that? Could you, could you give God that much here today? Say, okay, I haven't believed you for anything. I really don't pay attention to your word. I'm just making it through in my own natural strength. And when I get in trouble, maybe I'll call on you sometimes, but I don't know if you'll show up. I really don't have any faith. You got it. If you're a believer, God gave you the measure of faith. But would, would you at least have the heart today to say, God, increase my faith. God, help my unbelief. I want to believe. Help me to be stronger. Is that your desire? Maybe you got some faith. Maybe you've seen some miracles. But I don't, I don't think any of us have arrived in the faith 
in our faith yet. I don't think any of us have peaked. I think we could all grow stronger. And so I think each one of us, if, if we would be honest and be, just close our eyes a minute and say, Lord, increase my faith. From wherever it's at right now, I want to believe you more. Lord, I don't, I don't want to doubt you. I want to believe. Billy Graham says, your faith may just be a little thread. It may be small and weak. But he said, act on that faith. It does not matter how big your faith is, but rather where your faith is. You see, if we'll get a hold of that, some of us, through the faith movement, begin to have faith in our faith. Oh, I can believe. I can write it on the refrigerator a hundred times, you know. I can quote it. I can quote it, quote it, quote it until it comes to pass. You're having faith in your faith and in the formulas and some kind of magic trick or something. No, our faith is not in that. Our faith is in Jesus. And he can do all things. Doesn't matter what we do or don't do, it's what we believe. 2 Peter 3:18 says, "But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." Grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus. It's not a formula. It's a trusting relationship with someone who is all-powerful. And as you can believe him, you can move him to act on your behalf. You see, faith pleases God because it believes he is who he says he is. It's kind of disrespectful for us to sit up in his church on his padded pews and not really believe, really believe in him. Read his word and say amen, but really don't believe it. See the promises and say, yeah, but that's for, that doesn't work for me. It's calling God a liar. Untrue to his word. We need to trust in his goodness. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Do you believe that God wants to reward you? If you could make, make some changes in your life to say, I want to sincerely seek the Lord. I sincerely want my faith to grow. I don't want to be a part-time Christian. I don't want to be an American Christian who comes to church on Sunday, but really no other day of the week do I have faith for anything. I want to be who God created me to be. Faith pleases God. Is God willing to help in time of need? Of course he is. The man with leprosy came to Jesus and he's kind of, well, if you're willing, I've seen you do it for other people. If you're willing, could you help me? Jesus said, if I'm willing. <laughs> what do you mean if I'm willing? That wasn't as bad as the, the two blind men. Jesus said, do you believe that I'm able? Do you believe God's able? 
He said, I'm willing, be healed to the man with leprosy. And then the two blind men said, this is what they said in Matthew 9. They said, yes, we believe you're able. Then he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, it will happen. And their eyes were open and they could see. It wasn't simply because Jesus could and even simply because Jesus was willing that he loves you and wants you to be blessed and have his promises. They're yours. The question is, will you believe? Faith moves the hand of God. Not whining, not complaining. You know, I'm going to save that for next week, I think. God is willing and God is able. And he said, because of your faith, I'm going to open your eyes. And he did. But what if they'd have said after he prayed for him, or as he was praying for him, well, I'm glad you're fixing to pray for me, Jesus, because Friday I got to go, go to the ophthalmologist. And, you know, I want a good report. I can't tell you how many times that I have prayed for people to be healed. And, you know, I'm a young minister. I don't have all this stuff together. But I have, sometimes I find myself praying for people, and it's like I'm praying this long, flowery prayer, you know, trying to get God to help us out here, you know. Like I gotta, I got, I'm trying to build our faith to receive the miracle that I'm praying for. And I'm quoting all these scriptures and all this stuff. I wish I could just walk around in faith, you know. Doesn't take all that. But sometimes I, I think it's okay if you pray and try to help their faith to receive. But I can't tell you how many times I've stood on the word of God and prayed for somebody to be healed. And we both say, in Jesus' name, amen. And then, I mean, I hadn't took my hand off of them good. And they're saying, yeah, well, you know, I'm taking so many Vicodins. Or I'm, you know, I'm, in a, I'm going to rehab, so maybe I'll start getting better. But I'm like, didn't we just pray for your healing? Okay, I'm not saying don't do the natural. I'm not saying don't take your medicine. I'm not saying don't go to rehab, okay? God uses natural means sometimes. It's his choice how he wants to heal you or whatever. And, and man does man's part. Man does the natural. God does the supernatural. But don't sit there and say amen that you're believing that you're healed and then you're making plans for it to never be healed. Open your mouth and show that you did not believe or receive right then. If you would just have kept your mouth quiet, it would have been better. Don't pray if you're not going to receive or going to try to receive it. Don't ask for healing if you don't believe he's going to give it to you. But we do that, and I've done it too. I've done it too. I don't know about you, though. I don't want to play religious games anymore. I'm, I've come too far with God. I've come too far with you. I'm ready to see God do miracles. I'm ready to see it. I'm, I'm ready to build my faith to believe it. 
I know it's true. I know the word of God is true with all my heart. And so when I pray, Lord, stretch forth thine hand to heal, do signs and miracles and wonders in the name of your holy child Jesus, I want to see it. I want to believe it. I hear reports from our missionaries, legs growing out, eyes opened up, people being raised from the dead. I'm like, why aren't we receiving it? Are we too Americanized to have faith to truly believe that God is who he says he is and he can do it despite what the doctors may say or the news may say or what we've come to not expect in our life? I think, I think what I'm getting at today is even if, even if we have very little faith, if we're going to claim to be a Christian, if we're going to use the name of Jesus and say and pray and pray for his word to be done, how about let's really start trying to believe for it? Let's really start trying to grow our faith. Let's really be sincere. Let's not just play religious games and come to church and but know and deep down I'm never going to change. I'm never going to I'm never going to really believe God. That I'll get pastor to pray for me, but I don't believe anything's going to happen. Let's not do that no more. Let's let's be sincere. And let's try to believe what we say we believe. I don't I mean that's what, why a lot of the world has a problem with the church because there's no power in the church. Because they, they look like a bunch of hypocrites that say but don't believe and don't act on what God says to do. What does the word say about healing? Well, I'm glad you asked. Isaiah 53, verse 5 says, talking about the coming Christ, they didn't know his name was Jesus at the time, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. 2,000 years ago, Jesus put that crown of thorns on, they put it on his head so that you could have peace within, the, within that crown of your head. 2,000 years ago, he was bruised for our iniquities, our sins, our generational curses. He took all of our junk upon him so that we didn't have to live under the curse. Jesus was, he who knew no sin became sin for us. He was made a curse for us so that we could come out from underneath the curse and live in the blessings. By faith in the Son of God who gave his life for us, you understand. And by his stripes, we were healed. It says we are healed. Peter says in 1 Peter 2.24, in the New Testament, who himself bore our sins in his own body on a tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. He puts it in the past tense. He said it's already done. And that's what we need to get a hold of. Healing is already done. 
It's already in the storehouse. By faith, you bring it through the fog into your natural realm. It's already done for you. It is already provided. We're not begging God to do something new. Jesus already accomplished it. He did it all. The salvation package. The Zoe life. Complete, abundant life is already there for us. And he says, now by faith, step into the promises. By faith, pull it through the fog. Pull it into your reality. Believe and keep on believing. Even when you can't see it, when it's been six days and you're still in pain, keep on praying. Keep on standing. Keep on believing. Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins and He heals all. All my diseases. Psalms 30 verse 2 says, Oh Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. Here's what I want to do today. I believe, I believe you are with me up to this point. I believe that you, you did say, in, at least in your heart, you thought, I do want you to increase my faith, Lord. I do want to be sincere. I don't believe there's a person in here that wants to be a hypocrite, that wants to, to just play games with God. I believe you're here today because you want to be changed. And I think we are where we are because we're human, right? And, and we got a lot of growing to do, a lot of sanctification left in the process, a lot of living left to do. But how about we go forth from here today trying to grow our measure of faith? And what if I called up the elders of the church today and they stood across here because according to James 5.14, he says, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick. How does it have to be offered? In faith. And it will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed sins, you will be forgiven. That sounds really good. And you know what the part I like is? It says call for the elders of the church. It doesn't say call for that super anointed pastor. (laughs) Because that guy's got all the faith. No, it just says the elders. Just people that have been around and mature and have grown in their own faith enough to believe God with you. You don't have to have some superstar healing evangelist. He said, any two on you agree is touching anything. It shall be done for you by our Father which is in heaven. And God just says, get some elders up there that will believe with you. Lay hands on you, anoint you with oil, and pray pray a prayer of faith together. And you'll be healed. And I dare to say there ain't a person in here without some abnormality or sickness or disease or bunions or something. Right? We're living in the human condition. So, so I'm not saying that you have to be physically ill right now or have some disease, but I'm saying every one of us 
How about we do an exercise that we come and allow the elders of the church. Now, now you, got, you know what your issue is. And you just come to an elder of the church and say, I want to be healed. And I want the elder of the church to anoint you with oil. And I want you to pray a prayer of faith together. Maybe it might be something as small as ingrown toenail or something, okay? Whatever it is, where, wherever it is, what, and wherever your faith is, if you have some disease you don't believe God can heal, then start smaller, okay? Start with something you believe God's capable of. And you come up here, and you pray the prayer of faith, and here's what I want you to do. After that, zip it. That's the, part, that's the important part. Don't undo it with your mouth. I want you to go a whole week without saying anything about that sickness or disease and giving any credibility to it. I want you, if you say anything, I want you to say, thank you, Lord, you healed me last Sunday. Thank you, Lord, that you healed me last Sunday. I want you to continue to speak that out of your mouth until your faith begins to grow. And, and, and if it doesn't come in the, in the week, that's fine. You say, I'm still believing. I can't see it yet, but I'm still believing, and I'm going to hold on to it until it comes to pass. I believe we'll have some testimonies by next Sunday, though. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.